Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, This hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Praise the Lord. I I want to ask a question for the title of my message today, and the question is, Why do you Come to church. Hmm. I hope to get you thinking a little bit. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, why do you come to church? Now, now, now start thinking about that, and I, I'm going to provoke you to think a little bit more. Um, pastor's been talking a lot about relationship the past, past few weeks. and See, our relationship with God at some point has to move beyond being a consumer to being a producer. Can somebody say amen? I said our relationship with God has to move past the point of being a consumer to being a producer. See, churches today have people that will participate in worship, but not necessarily in the kingdom. And what do we mean by kingdom? You say, well, uh, we are the kingdom of God. The people of God are the kingdom of God. No, the kingdom of God is doing the will of God. Amen. The kingdom of God, the people of God, if you will, are to do His will in the earth. What what is His will in the earth? Uh, Amen. He he gave one proclamation that we know for sure. It's to go into the world and preach this gospel to every nation. Uh, I see that happening today. Every nation is hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ thanks to people that are willing to go. I'm not saying this morning that you have to go to another country and proclaim the gospel. You can do a lot of proclaiming right here at home, right where you live, your neighborhood, your workplace, your establishments that you go eat at. And a lot of times we just in the busyness of life, amen, we forget that we are a part of the kingdom of God. Amen. So God's design, actually, is to powerfully impart a gathering. Um, 
the book of Acts chapter number 2 and we know the story being Pentecostals. I hope you know the story. Amen. The, the uh, Spirit of God was poured out on His people. God always impacts together. And the scripture says where two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be in their midst. Amen. Do you realize right now at this very moment that God is in the house? Now, we hadn't really got going good yet. We felt a little bit of something when we were singing, you know, uh, the, uh, what a day it's going to be when we see him and when we get there. But that seems far away sometimes. But God is actually in this service this morning right here with us right now. Amen. Not necessarily sitting next to you, but hopefully you brought him with you. He's in you. He's all around us. He surrounds everything. He's in everything in life. Amen. God is in everything in life, consumes everything in life, and he's here with us right now. And sometimes we have to get urged to get into the presence of God when the presence of God is already here. Hmm. So it's his design to powerfully impact a gathering like he did on the day of Pentecost and to get us to pursue passionately his plan for our life, and to live the very thing that we are designed for. Amen. It's not to stand around after the service, Brother Kevin, and say, man, wasn't that a good service today? Man, we had church. Sister so-and-so ran around the church, and brother so-and-so done his little jig. Uh, amen. The choir was up and down, just jumping and having a good time, and everybody felt good, and we go home feeling good. But that's not the purpose of a church service. That's not the purpose of a gathering that God wants to impart something with. Amen. We used to sing a song, I won't go home the way I came in Jesus' name. And that needs to be the focus of every church service that we're in. Every gathering where two or three more people are gathered in the name of Jesus, that needs to be our focus, that something happens that, in, that changes us and imparts something to us. We're looking today to do what God designed for us to do. Amen. Now, I'm talking today about... God revealing himself to us, if you will, in a way that can be experienced but not contained. Why, why do you, again, come to church? Are you here for just a social gathering? Are you here because we've got good singing and good music? Are you here because we've got one of the greatest Pentecostal preachers in the organization? Well, I thought I'd get an amen there. Well, and, and, and but let me tell you, I've been around a time or two and heard a lot of preaching, and we've got one of the very best. Amen. 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 Our, our pastor preaches with, with a, a revelation. He's a revelatory preacher. He preaches some things that I haven't ever heard before, and I've been in this all my life. Well, hallelujah. So we are blessed with the best. Amen. But why do you come to church? Is it just to hear good preaching, hear good singing? Uh, amen. Lift your hands and feel a little goosebump go down your back. Uh, is that all you're here for? Because let me tell you, if that's all you're here for, uh, amen, you need to change your perspective. Amen. 
God wants us to be in relationship with Him, uh, and He wants to use us. Uh, he wants us to be vessels of His glory and His grace in this world. He, he wants us to be imparted with something so strong during a service. that I, I'm not saying you can't get something in your prayer closet at home. Yes, you need that, you need that to sustain you the rest of the week. Amen. You, you need to be in constant prayer. The, the Bible says, uh, pray without ceasing. You say, well, Brother Shorter, you can't, you can't pray without ceasing. That's impossible. You can be in a prayer spirit. <laughs> Amen. I, I tell you what, if you, if you live close enough to God, there's no situation uh, that happens in your life that you can't get to Him very quickly. You've been driving down the road before and see a catastrophe in front of you uh, and just in an instant of time you said, Oh, Lord, help. Amen. When we were evangelizing years ago, I remember driving that fifth wheel through the mountains of Arkansas. You say, Arkansas don't have too many mountains. Well, just go and see. Amen. We were driving through Arkansas, through the mountains, and we was rounding a curve, and this is a two-lane road, not hardly anything extra. Amen. And the, the uh, guardrail was right there, and then it was nothing all the way down. And approaching us was an 18-wheeler coming around the corner, and we were starting to come around the corner as well. We had nowhere to go. We had nowhere to go. And uh, I, I, I scooted over just as far as we could. And I, I, I can't explain to you today, my wife started praying quickly. <laughs> as I had my hand on the wheel, and, and uh, we were both praying. And, and uh, I don't even know if Alicia even remembers. Uh, she was about 10 years old at the time. And, and, but uh, we scooted as far as we could over. There was nowhere else to go. And I, I promise you that that 18-wheeler should have hit us. Amen. But somehow it did not. And, and I, I, I think to this day my wheels were off the side of the mountain, and there was an angel there holding us up. Amen. That, that's what I believe because God's angels, the Bible says his angels, uh, amen, will protect us. They'll watch over us. If you're living for God, he's got an angelic host that's watching over you to protect you. Amen. You get in a situation and you can call on God and he's right there at that moment. And, and he, wants our, he wants our relationship with him to be that close. And for our relationship with him to be that close, the main way we get into relationship with God is come to the services, uh, amen, come to the gatherings, and God can impart things to us during those gatherings that will carry us through along with our prayer and our fasting and our living for God. So he orchestrates moments in our services where we have an encounter with him that is so amazing and so undeniable that we are willing to acknowledge that there is a God no matter what anybody says. The world tells us today that, the, you know, there's God. Yeah, there's lots of gods. Amen. Just pick one. Amen. Matter of fact, uh, if you don't have anybody else, just pick yourself. You're a God too. Amen. So, so we're, a lot of us are self-reliant in thinking that we can handle things on our own, but we need God. We need the one only true God, amen, to help us in this world. I've said many times, I don't know what I would do or where I would be today without God in my life, without the true living God in my life. But I am fearful today that people come to the house of the Lord and experience what, what I like to call microwave worship. <laughs> Amen. Sticking in the microwave 
and two minutes later, it's done. You ever noticed, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you to think today. Have you ever noticed in a church service when whoever's leading the service say, can we just clap our hands to the Lord? And everybody claps their hands to the Lord. For how long? Oh, maybe five or ten seconds. That, that's, that's all of the applause that he deserves. Man, man, we ought to have the worship leader saying, uh, uh, oh, okay, okay, that, that's enough. Let's, let's get to the next song. I ought, I ought to be trying to calm us down. You know, they used to try to calm some of us down. But some, some of us got sophisticated now, and we don't need calm down. We, we got our five or ten second, uh, our microwave worship, uh, amen, and then it's over. Amen. We've even got microwave services nowadays. I'm not talking about us. Thank God we have some great services. But we've got churches today uh, that have microwave services. They, it's, it's just this way, this way, this way, this way, and we're done. Amen. We put in the time, uh, amen, and we're finished. I, I remember when I was real small. My grandfather was my pastor. Now, I'm going to tell on him. He's long gone, and, and God bless him. You know, God help him. But TV first came out, and he got him one of them. And I remember as a little boy... He'd be watching that clock on Wednesday night and make sure that we got out at 8.50 so he could get home and watch Gunsmoke. I figure that's what it was because that's what was coming on at 9 o'clock and he just lived right next door. Amen. So, so we've been in the microwave phase for quite a while, but, but you know, it, it, it's gotten worse today. Amen. People expect certain things out of service, and when they get to that point, they back off. Okay, I've got enough. I'm done. Amen. We need to be the people that press and push and shove. Just, just like the lady with the issue of blood, we need to push our way through and press our way through. Uh, amen. Yes, you may get looks, and you, you, you may get, uh, amen, some situations where people try to tell you to stop, and, but, but uh, some, sometimes you just you need to push through the stops and the looks and all the other, amen, things that are in the way, and the hindrances that are in the way, uh, amen, to get to the Lord and to have an encounter with Him. This is all about today, it's all about an encounter with Jesus Christ. Amen. It's about, uh, amen, getting our perspective changed because our perspective just goes back to the norm very quickly. So we want worship without really experience or uh, uh, encountering the presence of God if we're not careful. You, you see, it, it can't be about beautiful singers and majestic choirs and performance praisers and and uh, tell you what, I want, what you want to hear, preachers. It's, it's got to be something more than that. Amen. I, I'm glad we've got a pastor that don't just tell you what you want to hear. And, uh, he knows how to do that, too. Uh, he, can get you, he can get you cranked up, like we like to say. And that's all good. But he gives you something to think about. He gives you something to go home with. He, he makes you want to open your, your Bible and, and, and check it out and make sure what he's talking about is right and it's true. And you should be doing that. Amen. We, we need to be challenged. Turn to your neighbor and say, I challenge you to worship better than me today. I challenge you, amen, to get a new perspective today. Amen. That's, that's what it's all about, folks. God wants us to have the kind of service that changes our thoughts and our motives and, and our character. 
you know, it's one thing to change our thoughts and our motives, but not following through is where we have problems. Amen. We need it to change our character. Some of us, unfortunately, are, are in character most of the time, but it's the wrong character. Some of us are called characters. <laughs> I've never been called that. Right. <laughs> right. But God, God wants to change our character to where we are never the same again. So at some point in our life, we need to have an encounter with God so strong that we discover our destiny and we discover our purpose. And we are willing to go through hell or whatever it takes to be what God wants us to be. You know, I've had to resign myself to some things in the last few years with all the injuries and everything that I have succumbed to. And, uh, but I've realized that during the process, I've been learning some things that I never would have learned otherwise. I've been discovering some things that I never would have discovered otherwise. Amen. And that's what God wants out of us. He wants us to discover our destiny and our purpose. So, why do you come to church? Turn to your neighbor and ask him again. Why do you come to church? Are you, are you still thinking about it? Well, let's go to the Word for a minute here, and, and, and let's see Isaiah's perspective on this. Uh, Isaiah was obviously a temple worker that in the beginning didn't know a whole lot about God. Uh, so God had to orchestrate some things to get Isaiah's attention on what it was really all about. And finally, he finds himself one day in, in the Spirit, and he says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. But notice before that, he said, I saw the Lord in the year King Uzziah died. Now, now what's, what's, what's that trying to tell us? I saw the Lord in the year King Uzziah died. I didn't seem to have a major encounter with him until King Uzziah died. King Uzziah, if you remember correctly, was the one that tried to exalt himself to the point of priesthood. Amen. And tried to offer sacrifice to the Lord and, and uh, do some things that he should not have been doing as the king. And God had to smite him with leprosy. He was the example to the people. Amen. And the people had gotten to look at Uzziah so fondly Amen, that they were no longer looking at God in the correct way. So God had to do something about the situation. And when Uzziah became a distraction to the nation, the people had their eyes on the king instead of their eyes on God. And so God struck him with leprosy. And in that same year was when Isaiah began to get serious with God. And he said, I saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up and his train Filled the temple. Notice, once the distractions were moved, was when Isaiah saw the Lord. I, I would submit to you today, it's time to get rid of some distractions. Hmm. Uh, in order for you to really like what God wants to do in your life, there's got to be some things in you that die. Some things in you that go by the wayside. Maybe we've elevated some things in our life to an idol status and we don't even 
realize it. Hmm. Like I said, I'm trying to make you think this morning. Can you think of anything in your life that you, you really wouldn't want to admit it in front of anybody, but this thing has got me to the point where I neglect God. I was teasing, I think it was with Brother Steve or may have been Brother Downs the other day. I, I'm a big Louis Lamar fan. Some of you youngins don't know who that is. He, he's the greatest Western writer that ever wrote a Western book. And I loved those books, and I read them. I collected all of them, and um, I read them. I, I love to read, and um, I got to reading them more than I was reading my Bible. And the Lord convicted me, and uh, I had to get rid of my Louis Lamar books. Now, I was teasing later on that uh, I got past that conviction, and I got all the books back. I have the whole collection now, but you know what? I very rarely read any. I got them, but I very rarely read one anymore because if I pick one up, I'll read the whole thing. They're only a couple hundred page books, and an hour and a half later, I'm done with it, but, but that's an hour and a half that, that I've wasted and could have done something useful. Amen. Is there anything ridiculous in your life that has taken time away from God. See, see, I, I submit to you when you take time away from God that that thing that you're doing has become an idol in your life. Well, oh me or oh my. Amen. That, that thing has, has taken a place in your life that it does not need to be. So there's some things that's got to go in order for us to achieve what God's plan for our life is. So what is it for you? Turn to your neighbor and ask him another question. What's your idol? Don't answer that. Just get him to think. What's your idol? What, what's taken the place of God's time in your life? See, when Isaiah saw the Lord, three things happened. Number one, confession. See, see that's a hard thing. If we're not careful... We, we've learned how to justify our sin by saying, nobody's perfect. Pastor's preached a lot on this lately in case you haven't got it. Amen. And he'll tell you, he says, I'm not saying that it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Amen. And, and we say nobody's perfect, and, and that is supposed to cover or hide our sin. But we can't come to church every Sunday and go home the same way like the song says. There needs to be a cleansing in our life. That's number two. There needs to be a cleansing in our life. It's time to start cleaning up some of the things in our life that are causing us problems. Or guess what? They're going to keep right on causing you problems. Hmm. So what, what is it in your life that needs some cleaning? You know, we in the springtime, we, we like to call it house cleaning, springtime house cleaning. And we go through the house, and we, man, top to bottom. People are 
People are cleaning from top to bottom. They're cleaning the cobwebs up in the corner. They're going under the couches and under the bed and under the chairs and in the closets, and they're dragging stuff out, and they're getting rid of this and getting rid of that. You know, I found out uh, after being in transition for a couple of years from our old house to living in a trailer for a good while and then finally moving into our new house and having stuff, I just say stuff, in four different locations in my shed, in my son-in-law's shed, in my son-in-law's garage, and now in my garage, and what some was, was in a storage facility we finally got it out of. We have got so much stuff accumulated in almost 40 years. Uh, amen, I, didn't, I don't even know what to do with it all, and I've come to the conclusion, you know what, I haven't even seen some of this stuff in years. Why do I still have it? And if it wasn't for my wife, I'd have got rid of half of it already. But no, we need that. We need that. Oh, but I'm planning on doing something with that. And our plans most of the time never come to fruition. We've got stuff, uh, amen, thrown in corners here and there in our life, uh, amen, that we don't want to look at and we don't want to get rid of, uh, amen, but are taking up space, uh, amen, that should be space that God has. Amen, God needs all the space in your life that you can give him. Matter of fact, I'll just put it this way. God needs all the space. You can't reserve space for yourself. You've got to reserve it for God. It's all His. You are all His. Uh, amen. Without Him, you would be nothing today. Uh, amen. He's got to have all of your life or He don't want any of it. He said, I'm a jealous God. I can't have anything taking my place. I can't have anything in front of me in your life. So what is this service for today? Uh, amen. It's to reflect uh, on what is causing us, uh, amen, not to get close to God. It's to reflect uh, on the things we got in dark areas and corners of our life and bring them to light uh, and do something about them. If it can't bring God glory and honor. Let me say it again. If it can't bring God glory and honor, then it needs to be gone. It needs to be gone. Amen. We're so valiant in just pursuing life uh, and the things of life. Uh, and the things of life are going to perish one day. Uh, amen. But what is eternal today? Uh, amen. There's only one thing eternal, and that's God. Uh, amen. And his kingdom. Uh, and if we want to be part of that eternal kingdom of God, uh, then we're going to have to get rid of all the distractions in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we have become today so compromising. We don't like to use that word, but I'm using it today. We have become so compromising that we have no non-negotiables anymore. Now, now, there's a fine line here. Amen. The old time preachers used to preach everything was a sin. You couldn't go anywhere or do anything. They made it so hard, uh, amen, that everybody was a sinner every day. Uh, I, I've often, you know, when asked in my past pastoral assignments, I've oft, often been asked, well, Brother Shorter, how do I live for God and, and not sin? And, and we've been so conditioned that, Oh, you're, you're going to sin. It's okay. It's okay. You're going to sin. You have an advocate with the Father, and you do. But our goal is not to sin. I've been asked, Brother Shorter, how do you do that? I said, you think you can sin or you can not sin for one minute? Oh, yeah, I can do that. But do you think 
you could possibly sin, or not sin, excuse me, for one hour. Well, I, I think I can do that. Yeah, I think I can do that. Well, do you think you can possibly not sin for one day? Well, on my best day, and if I prayed hard enough, and I thought on good things and listened to the right music, I think I could make it a whole day without sinning. So, well, you need to live your life day by day by day by day. And your new goal every day is to not sin. <laughs> and whatever you have to do to do that, and I, I know it's life. We're going to get distracted. We're going to have problems. We're going to have issues that make us think about it. Amen. We're going to have down times, and we might slip. But the next day, don't let it carry over. The next day, get up, resolved in your mind, I'm going to make it through today, and I'm not going to sin. Amen. Because we've conditioned ourselves in this day and time that, well, nothing's, you know, nobody's perfect. Nothing's, nothing's that bad that God won't forgive it. There's only a couple things that God won't forgive. You know, blasphemy, I'm not doing that. You know, I, I, you know that, that's not me. That, you know, my sins are, are, are small. Oh, hallelujah. Look to your neighbor and say, my sins are small. Now you told the truth. Well, you know, there, there's no white sins and black sins with God. You know, we, 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 we rate them. Ooh, that, that, oh, oh, man, did you see? Oh, ooh, I wouldn't be caught dead doing that. Guess what? Give yourself a few days, a few weeks, and you probably ain't dead, but you've probably done it. Mm. I used to have people ask me all the time, is it a heaven or hell issue? Did they do it kind of like that? Is it a heaven or hell issue, Brother Jordan? Huh? Can you tell me that's a heaven or hell issue? Well, if you're asking me about it, it must be a heaven or hell issue. Matter of fact, I'll submit this to you today, that everything is a heaven or hell issue. Well, hallelujah. Pastor's not going to get up here and, 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 and uh, blab it and, and name it. In a lot of cases, uh, amen, but he talks about it. But some things you're going to have to work out for yourself. And if you're asking the question, is this a heaven or hell issue in my life? It most likely is. But see, we're looking at somebody else and say, well, well, they're doing it. It must be okay. Amen. Let me tell you something. Everybody in here has, had, has been raised with a different background. Everybody has had different things happen in their life. There's no two people in here that are the same, that have the same upbringings or have the same scenarios in their life. Everybody is completely different, and God judges us, uh, amen, that way. What may be sin for you may, be, may not be sin for her or for him. So, so quit looking at your neighbor, uh, amen, and, and, and letting your sin barometer go off and say, well, uh, amen, it must be okay in my life. God's convicting you for some reason. And if you got conviction on your heart, then you just need to go ahead and lay it down. Now, I will submit that we are not perfect. 
but we are forgiven. And, and what did Jesus tell the lady? Uh, amen. After he told her everything, he said, go. Uh, you know that one, don't you? So the Lord is telling us today, go and quit your sinning. See, we need to have an encounter with God that says, Woe is me. That's what happened to Isaiah. And so after confession and cleansing occurred, uh, it led Isaiah to clarity of his calling. Now I'm just about to finish up. Somebody say, praise the Lord. A man that thought he was doing right had an encounter where he discovered that there was more still to do. And that's, that's what I've found out in my life. You know, things started hitting me. Had this accident and that accident. and Amen. Over 30 broken bones later. Hallelujah, I'm standing here today preaching the gospel. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But I had a different kind of encounter with God than I was used to having. And it changed my perspective. I no longer have to do this or have to be that. Now, I just want to be whatever he wants me to be. I just want to do whatever he wants me to do. Uh, amen. Isaiah was asked the question, uh, amen, from God. Uh, amen. Who do I send? Uh, Isaiah didn't look around and say, what about him? Uh, what about him? Uh, he's got this going on and he's got that going on. He's got these talents and he's got that talents. Uh, amen. No, Isaiah said, uh, send me, I'll go. And that's what God is looking for in every one of us today. Uh, in the course of this service, what did you come here for? Uh, in the course of this service, God is asking the question over and over because we don't want to hear it. Uh, he asks it over and over and over. Uh, amen. Who will go for me? And he's looking for your answer to be, Lord, send me. Most of the time, that brings a little bit of fear to our heart because we don't think a lot of times that we measure up to what it is that God uses. But let me tell you something. God uses any vessel that's willing to be used. It doesn't matter your talent. It doesn't matter your no talent. As a matter of fact, I won't even say no talent because everybody in here has got talent. You may not have discovered yours yet. Amen. But God didn't create you without talent. He didn't create you without the wherewithal, uh, amen, for you to do what he designed for you to do. How many, how many knows God is the greatest designer in all the world? And how many knows that he designed you? And he designed you with purpose. Amen. He designed a job for you. Amen. You may not have discovered it yet, uh, but you need to get in the attitude, Lord, uh, send me. When you get willing to do what God wants you to do, not willing to do, uh, amen, what you think you can do or what you want to do, uh, like I did for so many years, but what God wants you to do, when you get that willing, then God will use you uh, for his purpose. So, ask your neighbor again. Why did you come to church?
Would you stand with me? Why did you come to church? And I hope in this next service, amen, that you'll discover some things that God wants to talk to you about during the service. I was teasing with somebody before service. Sometimes we need to listen to the Lord, but sometimes we, we need a Q-tip in our ear or something. Some of us need just a drill. We need to drill all the way through and get rid of our brain and replace it with God's. But God is, is in the service today, and he's going to be in the next service as well. And it's not just about a shout, and it's not just about a jump. And it's not just about the choir sounds pretty, and, and the musicians are great. And it's not just because pastor can preach the house down, but this, this service is divi- designed. It's a gathering where two or three are gathered in God's name. It's a gathering designed for you to find purpose and for you to listen to God and for you to answer his question about Who's going to go? Is anybody willing today? Lord, send me. Would you raise your hands right now all around the room? And would you pray that? I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.